mutolukia munwena yaho I think most people that have listened to the podcast previously will will know that Derek constantly takes the mick out of me for saying that I work in the South Pacific, the Cook Islands, uh, Easter Island, and over the last fortnight I've been very fortunate to spend time on Niue, which is its own country in its own right in the, in the South Pacific, South Pacific, sorry. And we've been working as part of a team with Jane Downs, Colin Richards, who've both been on the podcast before, Kate Willem, who refuses to go on the podcast, Andy Brown, who's been on the podcast, and, and we'll be meeting up soon with Francisco, who's also been on the podcast. So a fantastic group of people. And what we've been doing is working with the local museum, uh, the, the uh, Taonga Nui, and also with local, commun- local communities and, and leaders to look at mapping and recording the archaeological, the, the Pacific archaeological sites that are found on this incredible coral island. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, that side of things. I, we, we can talk about that with Derek when I get back. But what, what I'm excited about today is over the last two weeks, we've had some incredible support from the local museum and in particular, uh, a brilliant lady who is, in, is the director of the uh, Nui, the museum here, and has been doing incredible work looking at um, recording the cultural heritage and promoting the cultural heritage and protecting the cultural heritage and archaeological sites here. And I thought it would be remiss of me not to take this opportunity to have a chat with Moira and uh, learn a bit more about her career in ruins. So I'm delighted to welcome Moira Enetema, who is the director of the Nui. Moira Lawrence. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not too tired and fed up from a bunch of British... Well, I'm not going to admit I'm tired, but I'm, I'm all good here ready to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're a very, very busy person, so I'll, I'll try and keep it relatively short and sweet. But I thought as an opportunity to allow people to learn about um, cultural heritage jobs in the Pacific, and sp- mm. specifically, I, I couldn't pass this opportunity without allowing you to share some of your experiences, your knowledge and your your insight. So first of all, I wonder if you could give us a, a brief history of your career in ruins, your your from when you realised you wanted to work in the cultural heritage sector on and, and what, what you've done to get to be the director of the museum here. My, my background is more like an administrator and um, I spend more time in, in the office but uh, ever since the uh, disaster in 2004, the cy- super cyclone Heta uh, hit uh, Niue, and the museum, my only museum at the time, uh, was uh, completely uh, damaged, flattened to the ground. So I was a part of the salvage uh, team. Uh, we have just finished uh, uh, salvaging. Uh, the government building, uh, and we and I decided I might as well move to the to the museum area. 
and start uh, salvaging items there. And uh, at the same time, in uh, 2004, uh, the government of Niue, with a lot of support from the government of New Zealand, established Taong Niue. It is a, um, it's a very special uh, entity uh, to to address the vulnerability and the endangered uh, situation of our culture, but in particular with our language, Vang Hao Niue. So since then, uh, at the establishment of Taong Niue, uh, I was involved in, uh, from the very beginning, uh, uh, to the uh, establishment of the department uh, in 2006, and uh, by law in 2012, and I'm still here. Uh, I think the the museum uh, project was one of uh, the main objective uh, since the establishment of the entity at the time. And we were um, well. I'm very pleased that uh, finally uh, we fully realised that uh, that objective in uh, 2018. Brilliant. Thank you. So there's there's a few bits to pick out of that. So I guess the biggest thing is that the, the impacts of cyclones on, on Nui, Nui and the, the, the Pacific and the threats that that brings with it, not only to your cultural heritage, historic buildings, potentially archaeological sites, but also the museum itself. And I think when, when we first arrived, you mentioned that only 10% of the archives or the material that was was in, held in that museum survived the uh, the impacts of that. that only, yeah, only 10% of the artifacts uh, we were able to salvage from uh, the museum site. Uh, the archives was uh, not so bad uh, because it's located uh, in a different uh, location. But the museum was, uh, was really uh, a full-on... Uh, it was really damaged uh, beyond uh, your imagination that uh, you just look at it and, in, and, and just you couldn't just imagine how the force of nature would intervene in such a way. I didn't work for the museum at the time. I was from another department uh, helping out with the salvaging team. And uh, that's my reaction straight away that all those artifacts uh, held in the museum, it's gone. Just a second and they're all gone. And uh, they, are, uh, they are priceless, uh, irreplaceable. And uh, we only manage that 10%. And I, I reckon 10% is good than, than nothing. Mm. But still devastating in, in, at the same time, I guess. Um, and then with, with 2004, 20 years ago, I guess climate change and global warming and increased weather events um, wasn't necessarily at the forefront of of our thinking but, uh, across the globe, at least. How mm. have you seen things change in terms of um, impacts of those those activities, but and also um, considerations and, and how you you work around those? Well, climate change was you're you're correct there. Climate change was never never discussed about in about twenty years ago, but we're starting to come around now. The more uh, we talk about the subject matter itself. Uh, there are uh, promotions and awareness, uh, uh, more like in the Pacific now. We're becoming more aware of it now. And we're trying to uh, to tailor 
uh, towards that and and be part of what we do every day. Um, it's it's more like we rely on those uh, uh, weather forecasts. We rely on uh, the knowledge, the, the the combination of both uh, science and uh, indigenous knowledge to pave our way forward. We've been very fortunate while we were here to attend some of your climate change meetings with with other Pacific people who have been researching um, the impacts of climate change on people and culture and 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 environments. Mm. Really, really insightful opportunity. Um, so, a bit about your job then, and and the the museum here. You've got a lovely new museum which opened in twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. And um, it's been built in a way that's perhaps slightly more protected or more future proof than any any big cyclones, I touch wood, big cyclones coming in the future. But what does an average week of the director of um, the museum look like? Well, again, it goes back to uh, being an administrator and making sure that uh, the department is uh, working uh, within uh, the law. Uh, but from from that, that point, um, you, you have to be multi-skilled as well because we do not have... Uh, uh, many staff to share out the humongous responsibility in protecting and uh, uh, promoting uh, new cultural uh, heritage. So you, you, you do a lot of uh, planning and, uh, and a lot of promotions and advocacy uh, to government, the importance of culture uh, in all uh, development uh, uh, plans uh, any before we make any decisions to do with uh, uh, other projects that uh, they are planning, like infrastructure and um, and uh, receiving people to the museum, uh, visitors to the museum, and talking with them uh, because they have so much information that they can share with us. And other than that, we also uh, take care of the uh, National Archives, uh, the continuity of uh, restoration work since Cyclone Heta is never-ending uh, because we're hoping that uh, from those items, about 4,000 of those items, uh, we want to digitize them and um, see it from there, including those artifacts we have acquired after the cyclone in 2004. Uh, it's it's pretty new uh, pretty new setup at the moment, but uh, yeah, we're getting there slowly. Uh, getting there. I think you have to be one of the busiest people on the island that I've met in the last two weeks in terms of what we've seen you do. The di- the diversity of works we had the cultural singing festival, uh, which was part of the UNESCO celebrations, I believe. Um, we you're obviously running the museum and your staff. You were coming out and looking at sites with us. Um, you were meeting ministers and attending climate change meetings and disaster meetings. Um, uh, yeah, as much work as some people might do in, in six months. It's, it's never ending. That's how we operate here in the Pacific. And in New York, we don't have many that many people to share out the responsibilities. So you might as well go along with it. And I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity that you also learn from those interactions in, um, at different levels. It helps, but it also takes a toll on your 
on your thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do an incredible job, Moira. Yeah, you're an inspiring individual. Um, before we move on to the, the three standard questions that we have for the podcast, I thought one, one thing that might be nice for anyone that's listening to the podcast that isn't from the Pacific or from hasn't been to the Pacific before, could you give a, a quick synopsis of the, your cultural heritage on this island and the, the things that people could see and learn about when they were they to visit here? We are Polynesian people. Uh, we, we like to, to say that we are part of the people from uh, Tonga, uh, uh, Samoa and uh, Cook Islands. Our ancestors uh, travel from there. Mm-hmm. But we, 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 we insist that our people come from the hidden land, Funuangalo. Uh, where that hidden land is, we, uh, we're still looking, at, looking for it. And uh, people like Lawrence yourself can help us understand that a little bit more on where this uh, Funuangalo is. Um, and Niue is a very quiet and um, an isolated place. Uh, 15, 1,700 people. Uh, everyone knows what you're doing and what you're up to. As uh, you try your very best to, to keep things uh, in private, but still people know what you're <laughs> up to. Um, uh, you do your own uh, uh, farming on the land. Uh, you raise chickens. Uh, raise animals, uh, grow your own vegetables. That's the way of a newer, a newer person. But uh, we can see a lot of uh, the importation of uh, food nowadays. Some of our people are also relying on the boat as the source of, uh, of uh, food for their families. But the land is uh, plentiful. It's just a matter of... Uh, getting to know and have that very close relationship with the environment we live in. That's great. And in terms then of the, the historic and prehistoric cultural heritage that, that you can find on this incredible island, you've got um, some early historic buildings that survived Cyclone Heta, um, such as early churches, and, and um, you've got sites that have been identified where Cook tried to land um, and he was uh, he was sort of uh, kept away by the islanders, should we say? So he never actually landed. Captain Cook never actually landed on on Niue. But also, you've got this incredible sort of Pacific Polynesian um, sort of archaeological record from with dates that I believe go as far back as two thousand years ago. Um, the these big monuments, in many cases, monumental structures, mm. which is uh, made of coral platforms and in some instances three meter top high um, mounds um, but also these these earthen mounds which are sort of um, oval in shape almost like the shape of a, a, a canoe or a, a vaca and it, I mean, in those those last two in particular mm. are quite unique no, to Nui aren't they yeah that, that is another hard uh, the hard part of, of, of this job is that uh, people do know uh, about those sites, uh, they they want them protected, but they, we we can't do much here uh, in our department because we do not have that specialized uh, area in archaeology where we can draw out a pool of experts and and um, start uh, planning out how to we we go about it. Uh, most of these sites are, are on uh, on family land, and sometimes uh, families are not very forwarding and. Uh, some days they're okay, but 
uh, most of the times they're not willing to for us to to go to those sites and uh, and start uh, protecting the area. Well, I think yeah, in the the heritage, the archaeology, the histories are are very rich and varied and fascinating. And if anyone finds themselves out this way, I would recommend coming to to explore and visiting the museum and and Moira and her fantastic team. But let's get let's get stuck into the three main questions of the podcast. And so, is is there a bit of work? that you've delivered it since, perhaps since Cyclone Heta, that you're particularly proud of? I, I think the salvaging of those artifacts from uh, Cyclone Heta and uh, continuing to, to look after them uh, in anticipation of uh, a proper facility uh, to house them. So that was quite a, a journey from uh, 2004 to 2018 because uh, we, we were shifted around uh, to different locations throughout that period before we finally get to the new building. Uh, I think there was a huge achievement in terms of, uh, of trying to, to steer on the right course and uh, having a few ups and downs with, uh, with the politicians and, uh, <laughs> and people calling you being stubborn. But I think it's important you stick to it and you get out of it in the end. It's great. I mean, it's a fantastic building. It's um, the the displays are incredible. You've got your air conditioning units looking after some of your more sensitive um, display features as well. Um, and I, I to to find ten percent of the artifacts is probably still spectacular, mm. really. And that must have been quite quite a journey. I think one to be proud of. Absolutely. Um, so is there, is there a bit of work that you've come across in the past that you're you're particularly envious of that you would have liked to have been involved in? When when Trotter visited New in 1971, I didn't get to to read the, to know about the work until uh, maybe after the cyclone. Okay. After the cyclone, that will that will be the first time for me to read about the work of Trotter. I am very envious. I I wish I was there uh, following him, but I think uh, with. Another work we did with an old village settlement in maybe in 2008, 20, 2010. Um, this is a, a project uh, we work with the South Pacific community. Uh, and uh, we, we got, the, the department got the, uh, the uh, team from the Lancet Survey involved and in mapping out uh, the old village uh, settlement. I reckon that's it's a huge achievement in terms of mapping up uh, all uh, historic areas in Niue because uh, quite a few people uh, really appreciate the end results that they were able to look at uh, the the report and uh, and find out themselves that this was the settlement that been it, the the settlement was uh, mentioned in many stories, but they never get to see to figure out how big the settlement and where those uh, family houses and properties are located. So this is a village that moved further inland it, and it was the initial village was, was abandoned and so you lost the church and the, the uh, I guess, the graves and also the individual family houses. But do you know roughly when that, that abandonment would have been taking place? Uh, it could be in the late uh, 40s. Mm-hmm. Because the, by, by the early 1950s, the village... Was the new village was well established? Uh, established. Mm. Um, and oh, the old old village is about in the late eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. 
that, I mean, that sounds hugely valuable and, and, um, and yeah, a, a great bit of project and something we see across the world over that inclusion of communities and the identification of what they see as being important and the ability to bring it, that the understanding mm. and the knowledge back to them is, is certainly something to, for them our, to Our aim had been that after the village settlement, we, were, we, we can move to other settlements because there are quite a few old village settlements that people uh, talked about. But we do not have the capacity and the resources. Uh, and like I said, we do not have a specialized area uh, to follow up on those uh, on those areas, mm -hmm. on those work. Yes, That's a good good thing to be envious of, of. I guess we should say for those who don't know, in so in the nineteen seventies, Trotter, um, who is a New Zealand archaeologist, I believe, um, came over with a on an expedition for three months and was the really uh, there had been investigations on Nui before but he did the first proper systematic survey across the whole island and identified a hundred sites and monuments across across the island um, varying from these earthen enclosures stone mounds um, sort of midden sites big big complexes where people lived and also investigating the caves where people uh, either used them as shelters or habitation but also as, as burial locations as well so um, and hugely important individual in the recording of, of the archaeology of, of Nui. Um, so Mario, we've come to the end of the podcast with a final question, and that, that is that Derek and I have got these tickets, these, we've got a working time machine, and anyone that comes on the podcast is allowed a free return ticket, you can go anywhere in the world, anytime, you won't influence it, you won't be seen. Where, where would you like to go and, and why? There are so many places I would like to go, just reading and and observing from, from this isolated place in Niue, but I don't know why I should go there. But I think one particular uh, place uh, comes to mind is the Pumelele, Pumelele um, Mounds in, in Samoa. Mm -hmm. I, I, I say that because uh, the, uh, I think there are some similarities with uh, those complex uh, uh, platforms in the Paluki site here in Niue. That's a, so how would you know roughly how old those, those I have are? I have no idea but it could be some there like I said um, some similarities mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh that's a great choice and we get to uh, I think sometimes Derek and I come on the trip with with our participants so maybe we'll, I'll come along with you for that one too oh great to, to looking forward it. to that <laughs> Moira thank you so much for your time today I know you're so busy but um it, I think it's such a valuable addition to our our series so Thank you very much. And Thank you, Lawrence, and uh, good luck with all and everything. Thank you.